From ACC tip-off at the Hilton Charlotte Uptown in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, and this is TSL Today. We hope you enjoy the new audio format of TSL Today as we shift toward a quick and easy news update on everything Hokie sports for your commute home. I'm your host, Carter Hill, and today we discuss Tech Men's Basketball's day here in Charlotte, discuss the Rodney Rice news and conference realignment, talk with the ACC Network's Joel Berry, and sit down one-on-one -on -one with forward Melijah Poteet. That's all coming up next on TSL Today. Now we say hello to our managing editor, David Cunningham, who is down here with us in Charlotte. And David, we got to start with the Rodney Rice situation. It's kind of the elephant in the room here in the Queen City, breaking news as of last night. So I ask you, as somebody who was all over the situation, what do you kind of know? Yeah, it, it's something that's kind of been developing, I think, for a little bit. Um, Virginia Tech had open practice on October 14th and Rice was barely a participant, kind of non-contact sort of thing. He did individual stuff, did not participate in team stuff. I was told then by a Virginia Tech spokesperson that uh, they were being very cautious with him uh, after what happened last year. Um, now, I did sit down with Rodney in September. I chatted with him. And, uh, he's a very great kid. Um, I talked to him about his, break, his ankle injury in August of last year, and then I talked to him about um, what happened in January when he came back and then broke his finger and then came back again. Um, and he told me he had mono uh, over the summer, which is very unfortunate, and he lost some weight, um, I think dropped from like 205 to, to close to 190. Um, he, he, he battled a bunch of different injuries in his year at Virginia Tech. It's obviously very odd timing to say the least, but what I can tell you um, is that it had nothing to do with Mike Young. It had everything to do with him it was a personal decision it didn't have anything to do with playing time it didn't have anything to do with um a uh a speeding ticket he had uh, a week ago um it, it was all basketball and it didn't have anything to do with playing time it, it was a a strictly basketball thing and i think the reactions from the players uh speaking with them today and just casually asking them about it uh it, that that is that it gives you a good perspective. I asked uh, I asked Hunter Couture, and he said, "quote It's a tough situation. He's a good kid. He's a great player. He made the decision that he thought was best for him, and we kind of have to support him on that decision and the next step he wants to take. And you kind of have to just refocus on the guys in the locker room and not make it a bigger deal than it needs to be." Sean Padula and Malajal Poti did similar things, and um, Sean Padula said the only thing that was a surprise was that it happened. Um, he didn't expect anything like that to happen. It kind of just thrown on them. But um, this was a personal decision, and from everything I gather, it was a decision Rodney made with his with his family and those closest to him, and they just thought it best to to leave the Virginia Tech program. And um, I think a lot of stuff goes into that, but. But Mike Young seemed pretty confident that the Hokies are going to be okay and that they're going to be fine and that there are going to be five or six guys potentially that can play in the backcourt this year and help Virginia Tech. Unlike last year, Virginia Tech actually has a little bit of depth there. And um, and I, 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 feel, I feel fine about this team still. I think Rodney Rice was a big piece and it obviously stinks to lose a, a top 100 recruit, four-star, very, very highly rated kid who did some very great things. But I'll say this. In this era of the transfer portal, with what's going on in terms of 
NIL and and people going places all the time. And I think the, the elephant in the room in terms of that and Ronnie Rice is Mike Jones, mm-hmm. former Virginia Tech associate head coach, who was his head coach at DeMatha, uh, recruited Rodney to Virginia Tech and is now at Maryland. Um, did he play a role in that? I don't know. Would it? Would I be shocked if Rodney Rice ended up at Maryland? No, I wouldn't because that's just how these things work out. But the biggest thing is that this was this was not really a Mike Young decision. It was, from everything I gather, Rodney Rice went to him and said, this is where I'm at. And Mike Young kind of read it and, and kind of guided him on his way. And I think the bottom line is, in, in this situation, you don't want to force a kid to stay. And I think that's probably the worst thing you can do for your program. People are going to overreact. People are going to say something. Um, people are going to talk especially when they don't know what they're talking about. But that's kind of just the way fans are and the way that this, this thing kind of works. But, um, but again, I, I think the players have full faith in Mike Young and the coaching staff and everybody that, and going on the program. And Mike Young reiterated that too. And um, the culture's never been better, I don't think. And I, I, I think, yes, it, it, it hurts a little bit because he was going to be a big piece. But it's not the end of the world. Here is Mike Young's official statement on the situation just for clarity. Quote, Rodney Rice recently shared with me his desire to step away from our program. While his departure is unfortunate, we wish Rodney and his family all the best in the future. Close quote. So what do the Hokies do on the floor to replace Rodney Rice this season? MJ Collins is going to have a big role, I'll tell you that much. Um, I think this is a Virginia Tech team that it'll be very interesting to see how it shakes out. Sean Padula is in his third year. Hunter Couture is obviously in his fifth year. Two veteran guys. You know what you have with them. MJ Collins is coming into his own. I asked Mike Young at the podium, and he gave me a really good answer just about how MJ Collins has grown over the last year. And, yes, Tech took some lumps a little bit last year because MJ Collins had to play at times. MJ Collins himself took some lumps, took a couple shots to the nose, too, had a broken nose, had, had braces up in his gums. Um, he took a couple shots to the face, but he's better because of it. He He's grown. He's going to start for Virginia Tech this year. If I had to predict a starting lineup right now, it's Sean Padula, Hunter Couture, MJ Collins, Robbie Barron, and Lynn Kidd. I think that's what's going to be. MJ Collins is the, is, is the other guy now, which is crazy to think about, but I, I think this is something he's ready for. And and then I think you look at, at the depth. Brandon Recksteiner is going to have to play a role. Jaden Young, tr- another true freshman. How much does he play? Sean Padula and Hunter Couture told me they've seen a lot from those two guys so far this season. Again, I think a lot of it comes back to trust. And Melijah Poteet said he's been very impressed with how Rex Steiner has handled himself. And he's phys- he seems like he's physically ready. How much Mike Young trusts him, we don't know until probably November 6th. But it'll be something Mike Young evaluates as Tech moves forward. And then I think it's important to mention that Tech has some versatility. Tyler Nickel, John Camden are two guys that can play the three or the four, provide a little bit of backcourt depth if needed. It's not a all hope is lost kind of season. There are some teams that if they had a player like this step away from the program, make that kind of decision, it would derail their season. This is not the case for Virginia Tech. Tech should and in my opinion, will be fine. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, um, but but I do think that Tech is in a fine spot, and you know, Mike Young's been around the block before, and, and this is a good group of guys. Knock on wood, right now everybody's healthy. So I 
I have a positive outlook, I think. Um, I think this is this is a team that is going to have some success this year. As Mike Young told us on the Tech Sideline podcast a week or two ago, this is an NCAA tournament team. Um, last year's was too. They encountered a lot of stuff. What can this year's do? Obviously, this one encountered a little bit of stuff before the season started, but I, I still think the, the hope and the promise is there. Well, we're going to come back to David later in the show to talk about conference realignment, but first let's send it to somebody outside of the program that does not cover Virginia Tech specifically, and that's the ACC Network's Joel Berry. Let's get his thoughts on the Hokies right now. Back here at ACC Tip-Off, where we are joined by the ACC Network's Joel Berry, a former great at the University of North Carolina, if you will, as well, and a current analyst for the ACC Network. Joel, thanks for coming on. I want to first off talk about Virginia Tech, of course. What do you expect from the Hokies in 2023-24? Yeah, I expect, uh, I mean, with Mike Young leading the, leading the way with some of the veterans that they have coming in, um, I, I expect them to compete. Um, I know they've taken some losses, uh, in particular with Rodney Rice and um, his situation, but I still think they have enough pieces to be able to um, make a run at it. And defensively, I know they'll be getting after it. And Mike Young always has his teams prepared. Um, I think there are still some questions that need to be answered. Um, you know, in particular, what did it, what will they do in the front court? Um, but they brought in some guys like Robbie Heron who can can fill that void of Justin Mutz and Grant Basile. So I look forward to seeing what they can do this year. Sean Padula, Hunter Couture, what kind of impresses you about that duo? Yeah, I just think they're they're connected at the hip, and um, when you're when you're leading a team, I, I always believe you need good guard play, um, and when you. As a coach, when you go into a season, you always want to be able to have guards that you can com uh, compete with. And Sean Padula um, is one of the best guards in the league, uh, can get into the paint, can score the ball. Um, it has a little edge to him as well, kind of reminds me of Storm Murphy, um, which he, you know, learned from throughout his career. And uh, Hunter Couture is, uh, it, it has proven himself so much defensively, um, but we know he can knock it down from anywhere on the court. So. Having that comfortability, knowing you have two guards that you can put out there on the floor um, to give you a little peace of mind, you always want that, and those two give you that. You mentioned it a little bit, but how big of a loss really is Rodney Rice, do you think? It's a huge loss. You talk about somebody to take off of pressure, um, off, pr take off pressure from Sean and, and, uh, and Hunter. Um, they need that, and, Sean, and Rodney was was going to be able to do that. Um, and obviously, we we want to make sure guys are you know mentally, physically okay. Um, so my prayers go out to him. But you know, I think uh, his athleticism, his playmaking ability, his size that he has, being six four, um, he could do a lot of things. And we saw a glimpse of that at the end of the season last year. Um, and so being able to play him with Hunter and Sean, uh, being able to play Sean and him together to be have two playmakers out there on the floor, so many th different things that you could do with him. So having that loss um, is huge for them. But you have a guy like MJ Collins that got thrown in the fire when Hunter Couture went out last year. So um, I think he'll be able to step in. But still, Rodney Rice is a big loss for them. Of course, you were talking about the guard play, but how much of a difference maker can Robbie Barron be down low for the Hokies? Well, you want to have the balance. You want to be able to have the guard play. You want to be able to have it where you can um, have a guy step out and shoot. Um, we saw that with Grant Basile. Uh, in the way that coach um, schemes his offense, 
to be able to have a guard pinned down for a big, I mean, who? <laughs> not too many people can guard that, you know? So being able to have somebody to be able to do that is is, is awesome. And you know, you have guys returning like Melodio Petit and Lynn Kidd. You could throw those guys in at the five, but having a guy that can step and shoot it from the outside in today's game is a huge plus. And doing it in a Mike Young system adds a huge plus for this team. We were talking about your playing days at North Carolina. As a player, how do you think you would prepare for this Virginia Tech team? That's a great question. Um, I think uh, I would tell my players to always be on their P's and Q's when it on, on, on the offensive end because there are screens that come that are unexpected. Um, there are different type of movements that are very unorthodox that you're not used to guarding. Um, and so you always have to make sure that you have a touch on your man. And then this Mike Young and his team, I played against his team at Wofford. Um, they came into the Dean Dome and kicked our butts. And they didn't have the most athleticism. They didn't have the, the, the better talent. But what they had about them was grit and the edge, and they got after it defensively. And that's what you can expect from Mike Young's team. Um, and so I will prepare my team to be physical, um, to, to be able to take that punch in the mouth and keep it moving. Um, so offensively, defensively, you, it, it's a lot of preparing for Mike Young's team. When you look at the Hokies, where does Tech stack up with the rest of the ACC? Yeah, I think um, when you take Rodney Rice out of the picture, um, you know, I feel like they'll be in the middle of the pack. Uh, I still think they have a lot of pieces that they can put out there on the floor to be able to compete. Um, you know, from I, I feel like the league from 6 to maybe 10, 11, it can be anybody's ball game. Um, and I still think that Virginia Tech can be one of those teams that can finish 6 and they can finish, they can go down to 11, but um, I think I think they have enough pieces to be able to compete, and they'll win, they'll win quite a few games. Um, and I always believe in Mike Young's team and the way that he has his teams prepared. And uh, it's just a lot of unknowns, especially when you lose a guy like Rodney Rice. For Virginia Tech to get back to the NCAA tournament, what's the number one thing the Hokies have to do? In this environment, they have to have the chemistry. Um, that's a big thing with transfer portal, bringing guys in. You have to be able to uh, come together and have that camaraderie and be, uh, you have to be one um, in this environment. And with having Padula and Sean, uh, Sean and Hunter back, that's a start, but you're bringing in quite a few new guys um, who have to be acclimated to the system or get acclimated to the system. So I think for this team is chemistry and coming together, especially when you lose a guy, you have to come together and you have to make it happen. So I think that's the biggest thing for them this year. So if the Hokies win the ACC again, are, are you going to gritty on set? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that dance is still in style. I think it is because I watch the guys on, uh, on the NFL still do it. So um, if they do it and Hunter wants to get up there, maybe Sean might be the guy that dances, I don't know, but I would definitely do it because uh, that was a lot of fun last time. Yeah, I don't know who, obviously Storm <laughs> Murphy's not here anymore, so I don't know who would take his place, but it, it would definitely be interesting, definitely right. be interesting. So, and uh, I guarantee you Storm will probably do it from somewhere uh, somewhere far where he's playing at right now. So, <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. Joel Berry, thank you so much. Yep, thanks for having me. That was really cool, sitting down with the ACC Network's Joel Berry to talk about Virginia Tech men's basketball in 2023-24.
Well, I'll tell you what, let's shift inside the locker room now for Virginia Tech. And we were talking with Kayla King yesterday. Well, now let's get a Melijal Poteet on the men's side of things. He was great to catch up with. Myself and Jack Brizendine were able to sit down with him and talk about the Hokies this upcoming season. Welcome back to ACC Tip-Off here on TSL Today, where we are now joined by Melijal Poteet of Virginia Tech men's basketball. Melijal, first off, thanks for coming on. What's the offseason been like so far? You know, it's been a lot of fun. You know, we're in the gym a lot, just trying to get better every day. Melijal, kind of describe the offseason for you. What have you kind of been working on, and, and how's, how's sort of the offseason been? You know, so obviously we're just in the gym a lot most often. Summer, not a lot of students are on campus. We're in the gym a lot. Me, I spent a lot of it rehabbing a knee injury, so I was off of it for a little bit. So it's been able time to get in good health there and try to get back into shape. So other than that, you know, you're just trying to play on your strengths on the court and try to improve in those fields. You're entering your second season here at Virginia Tech. How can that help your performance on the floor with already a year under your belt? You know, so obviously, you, you know, you familiarize yourself with the offense, familiarize yourself with the coaching staff, you kind of know what they want. You just got a, like a taste of the ACC before, you know, I guess you slide into an expanded role. Uh, you mentioned at Virginia Tech's media day that you were working on your jumper this offseason. Sort of describe that process for someone who's, you know, never done that. And what, what does that process kind of consist of? Honestly, just like a lot of time and a lot of reps. You know, you, you got good coaching staff around that know that they're doing that can kind of, you know, put you in the right positions. But really just trying to put as much time in the gym as you can and just trying to stay repetitive, get a routine started and just kind of stick with that. Who do you think will surprise some people, both in the conference and nationally, on this team this season? I'll say I'll go with MJ. MJ's improved a lot over the over the offseason. Worked on his game a lot. Much improved shooter compared to what he's last year. Obviously, he's a freak athlete, a great defender. I think he'll surprise a lot of people, along with you know the rest of our roster. Generally speaking, how we're just gonna you know come together as a team. What makes MJ so good defensively in particular? You know, he just has like a great build. Like I said, he's really athletic. He has good size for his position. His arms are long, so he just brings that, puts that athleticism together and just, you know, really, really pesky on the ball. So, it, you know, it makes it hard to score. How hungry are you guys to get back to the tournament? What's that sort of process been like approaching the offseason, trying to get back to, to March Madness? You know, obviously it is coming off of the ACC championship and then, you know, the following season, you know, you miss out on the tournament and that. So it kind of just led to a lot of hunger within our team because obviously people have gotten to that point, you know what it's like, and then you just kind of fall off. So, you know, we going into the offseason, going into the summertime, you're really just hungry to get back to that point. How far do you think this team can go? You know, I think that if we do what we need to do, we continue to get better. I think we have a long way right now, but we could be a really good team. You know, I think we can win an ACC championship. I kind of want to flash back a little bit just to get to know you a little bit more. Can you kind of describe your process when it comes to, to transferring from Rice and, you know, end up going to Virginia Tech? Yeah, so um, obviously it was, a, it, was a, it was a process. I spent my first two years at Rice, you know, entered the transfer portal the end of my sophomore season. So upon entering into that, so as we know, Coach Young was at Wofford before that. And that staff, including him and KG, they had recruited me a little bit at Wofford. So I was familiar with the staff there, kind of a lot about him, how they play, generally about that. So coming into the portal, I was kind of already had that familiarity with him. That's, uh, it, it made the decision a little bit easier in that part. I kind of knew what I was getting into, but, but yeah. What do you kind of see your role being this year? You know, so obviously we lost, our, I guess, our whole front court with Grant and with Justin. And then, you know, you come in, we got Makai from the portal, Robbie from the portal, obviously Lynn returning, myself returning. So we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of depth in that front court. And I think that, you know, I can see my role expanding a lot from last year. 
How much do you think you're able to learn from guys like Justin and Grant in your one year with them? You know, obviously, those are just, you know, experienced guys. They were, I think Justin was 24 by the end of the season. I think Grant was 22, 23. So those are old guys. They've been around a lot of basketball. Both great guys. They carry themselves the right way. Great work ethic. So you're just taking in all of that, obviously, off the court. And then on the court, you know, Grant's a great offensive player around the rim. You can learn a lot from that. Justin, absolute dog defensively, versatility-wise. He just affects the game in so many ways. So just watching that and learning from that, you can get a lot out of it. For you personally, how would you kind of describe your own goals for this year, just for your own game? You know, obviously, for the sake of the team, you kind of push individuals aside. You want to win, and you want to win, obviously, at the highest level. So that's the ultimate goal of the individual. You want to win as much as you can. But, you know, obviously I can see myself affecting the game in a ton of different ways, scoring around the rim, rebounding, a big defensive presence. So I think all that could come together. You mentioned it before. Is the big goal in the room to, to get back to that ACC tournament title status? Absolutely. You know, we, we want to go to the NCAA tournament. We want to win some games in March, and that, that's our ultimate goal. And like I said, you know, I think we have what it takes to do so. The best part about playing basketball at Virginia Tech, what is it? You know, I, I think the support that we have from the community in Blacksburg is, is a really big deal coming in. We have so much support. You know, we always sell out Castle. Just a lot of support from the community. Everybody loves athletics out there, so I think that, that's big. How much excitement is there for that home opener and then to come back down to Charlotte for South Carolina later that week? No, a ton of excitement. We're just really started, We're really excited to get the season started. You know, We've been practicing, playing against each other for who knows how long now. We're just trying to you know, see some other jerseys. Melijah, thanks for your time. Awesome, thank you. Fantastic stuff from Melijah Poteet. We so appreciate his time sitting down with us here at TSL. Well, let's bring David Cunningham back into this thing. And David, what I want to touch on now real briefly before we close it out is conference realignment. And Jim Phillips had some interesting comments today about maybe the future of the conference when it comes to some certain things. And what really stands out to me is the future of the ACC tournament. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of a big, uh, a big question mark right now. Jim Phillips and, and the ACC obviously announced that it, it is going to Greensboro this year for the women's tournament. The men's tournament had already been decided it was going to go to Washington, D.C., but the, but the future of those places is is up, up for debate. Um, I, I think the men will probably continue on a, on a four-year cycle of going to Charlotte, Greensboro, Washington, D.C., and Brooklyn. Um, but with expansion and Cal and Stanford and uh, SMU joining the league. I wonder if the, the ACC men's basketball tournament would consider playing in Vegas, mm. where like where where people would cons- uh, where where the people in the league would consider taking it. I think there are a lot of different options. As far as the women are concerned, it sounds like the way uh, Jim Phillips did not speak confidently about this tournament staying in Greensboro. That's unfortunate. I, you know, Greensboro's hosted. All, every single ACC women's basketball tournament except one since 2000. Um, it's an historic place, but I think they want to move it to Charlotte, and, and they want to, you know, AC headquarters are in Charlotte. They want to get, get give Charlotte some more love. If they do so, they go to the Bowplex, Bojangles Coliseum, just outside of Charlotte, a little bit down, uh, a little southeast of where we are recording this, um, in the kind of the middle of Charlotte. Um, I, I think there's a lot, uh, a lot of questions about it. But then, 
I think the biggest the biggest thing maybe is the fact that with expansion starting in 2025, Jim Phillips said that ACC teams might have to play their way in mm -hmm. to the ACC tournament. That it might not be a everybody gets in. Uh, in some cases, it could potentially be a the top 12, the top 14, the top 16 teams make it instead of the top 18, or all 18, I should say. Mike Young of Virginia Tech, uh, I heard Jeff Capel of Pitt, both, both said similar things about we don't think we don't think we should have a tournament where every team does not make it. I think it's very interesting. That's two. That's two coaches just this afternoon. Um, yeah, and I know other coaches had some different opinions this morning, um, but that's kind of the way it's always been. I mean, this tournament's been around since 1953, 1954, and um, that's just the way it's always been. And I think when when you're the ACC, you have to consider all options. I understand it's going to be tough to to add a an extra day if you have 18 teams. That means the tournament would be Monday, as far as the men. Tuesday for the women. That's a long week, a long six days. That's a that's tough. Can you can you figure out a workaround? Um, I'm not sure, but but I, I I think the coaches will probably advocate a lot of them for having everybody there, and I think they'll probably have the final say maybe if all of them are in agreement or a lot of them are in comparison to what Jim Phillips and the ACC might want to do. And I, I think I think in, in some ways it's the right move, in some ways it's the wrong move, but um, you know, like who wants to watch Cal Boston College at, at noon on a Monday? I think that's, that's tough to explain to people. But at the same time, I feel like they might deserve a, a, a chance to play that game too. You look around other college basketball conferences, the ACC would be the first major conference to not – to exclude teams from the postseason conference tournaments. Now, it, the ACC does it for women's soccer and softball and baseball, but those those sports have been doing it for a while, and that's just kind of the way it is. I don't know if you, you change something here that's, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I think this is working. I, I don't know if I would necessarily touch it. Well, to your point, you talked about the ACC would be the first, but that's assuming that the SEC and the Big Ten and the Big 12 also don't adapt. So that will be very interesting. I would go to 12, like they did pre-2014 expansion, or leave it at 15. I know you said 16 earlier today. I don't know if I would take all 18, but I was very curious and I was interested to see what Mike Young said about that earlier today as well. Yeah, Mike Young didn't really get asked a lot about it. And, um and I think if it, it if it's in the news more, it'll be something to ask Mike Young about. Obviously, there, Mike Young had his time taken up talking about other matters, unfortunately. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's tough. I think you could go 12, 14, or 16, or 18. I, I think 12 keeps it at a four-day thing. Anything between anything more than that keeps it at a a 16. Or sorry, uh, a five-day thing. Do you really want to go to six days? That's a lot. No, no. That's a lot for the media. No. That's a lot for the people hosting the tournament. Um, I think the cap is probably 16. So I think it makes a little sense. The, the tough thing is I feel like you're doing, you know, what happens if there's a tiebreaker? Like which teams do you decide if if, th if three teams finish last? I know I understand they have tiebreakers in place, but that's tough to try to explain to one team you get to play in it and the other two do not, even though you all have the same record. 
at the end of the day, though, my argument would be don't finish 17th in the conference. That would probably be my argument. So, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know if it'd really be an issue until say NC State or Wake Forest or one of the original members ends up finishing back there, and then it becomes a problem. And then it's we didn't even get a chance to play in the tournament this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, you, we've seen it. We've seen it happen in women's soccer again, in softball, in baseball. That's just the way it is. Virginia Tech. I will say this: Virginia Tech women's soccer uh, has only made the NCAA tournament two or three times in the last decade. Sorry, the ACC tournament two or three times. It's top six schools. That's tough. That's a tough threshold to break into. When the league is good, it makes it more difficult. Is this the right move? I don't know. David, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Well, that'll do it for our entire TSL crew here from ACC Tip-Off in Charlotte. For Jack Brizendine, David Cunningham, I'm Carter Hill, and this was your Wednesday installment of TSL Today. (laughs) 